Welcome back. Ah, Triple Zero's back in the saddle, man. This is the Anti-Hot Take Sports Show. I'm your host, Josh Buck. Call to follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports website, clockersports.com. Email address, clockersports at gmail.com. And of course, follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at 30 Pod. That's the number three, Zero's Pod. So glad to be back. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. Uh, listen, what started off as a pre-planned little bit of a, like not even a hiatus, just like a, you know, hold on. A little palsy pause turned into something much greater. Um, I ended up getting sick, like not not like oh my goodness, on my deathbed sick, but I got a little sick. And then uh, computer hardware broke down, so like just a whole bunch of crap snowballed, took us out for a good chunk of good uh action in the NBA. The finals didn't get to celebrate that, um, not celebrate because whatever. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, also didn't get to talk about the NBA draft, free agency, and I have a lot of thoughts about that. Now, if you've been following me on Twitter, like I said, at Josh G. Buck, you also know that I write for Soaring Down South, uh, PivotingEasy.com, and Last Word on Pro Football. So, you have gotten plenty of Bears and Bulls and Hawks upta- updates there. That way. This way, though, I've been lacking. So, I had to get back into it. So, this one's going to be uh, very general. You notice we didn't lead in with any uh, audio clips this time. That's coming back. Don't trip. Um, but I do want to get back to doing the streaming and all that. You've noticed also this is a new day because the old day with the new schedule that I was working, whatever, wasn't jiving. So on Fridays, got all the time that I need to talk to you. This, though, is just going to be a really touching of the base, let you know where I stand on a few things and how I felt about how the NBA season ended and how I'm feeling about how the NFL season is looking, uh, is, is shaping up to begin. So uh, with that being said... The NBA Finals came and went. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks, hats off to them. Hold on. All right. You see, I need a haircut. That's why the hat's on. Uh, legitimate hats off to the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Finals MVP, 50 point in the, in the fifty point, 50 burger. How about that? 50 burger in an elimination game. Just unreal. Um, the debates that followed that were, were, were some of the funniest I've ever seen. People questioning whether or not he was a legit star, a legit 1A. Like, it's it, it was borderline dumb and had me question a lot of dudes, basketball intellect, sports intellect, no less. Like we'll, we'll, we'll go beyond basketball, just sports in general, because certain things translate and being that dude on your team translates, right? Um, they talked about, they tried to give everybody the award, uh, the, the, the love shown for Chris Middleton. He became Kendrick Perkins was calling Chris Middleton, Batman. That, okay. If he's Batman, as people were saying, Giannis was Superman, whatever. Hats off to them. They won. And Giannis is, is one of the best stories. He's one of those guys that if you don't root for him or if you if you root against him, you're either, you know, a hater just at the core, which basically means there's something wrong with you anyway, or you're a fan of another team. I happen to be a fan of another team, but I have seen this kid grow from the skinny, scrawny dude chewing his gum talking about, I just want to come in and try to be successful, to dude dominating 50 point, 50 burger in an elimination game six of the, it, come on, come on, quit playing with me. Quit playing with me. Um, that being said, though, his teammates did step up. Chris Middleton definitely put my foot in my mouth because I was one who was ragging on him. He came up big in more than one uh, occasion and even was the reason why they won. So, uh, and on several occasions, I'm not going to say, you know, come on, come on, don't try it. Don't try it. Uh, Drew Holiday, lockdown defense. We knew that he could do a little bit of everything. Um, the layups are kind of funny, but everything else he does really, really at a high level. Um, I, his defense is great. His offense is really good, and it's definitely it has flashes of where you're like, "Oh, damn, Drew, Drew is Drew is cold." But his defense is always there. Um, 
they they're a team that has grinded their way to it, right? They they went through the stages of getting beat, the heartache, the the disappointment. They've added pieces, they've lost pieces, all this that in the third, changed coaches, um, and re- reached the mountaintop. There's no negative storyline angle you could take with the Milwaukee Bucks team in winning the championship. There's just not. I don't care. I don't. You know. Oh, this team was hurt. That so teams are hurt every year. That's what happens. That's 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 why they say you need a little bit of luck. That's a, that's literally why they say it. It's not a secret. Teams are going to be hurt. Guys are going to be missing. Guys are going to play horrible. It's not an excuse. That's why I, the the bubble ring, right? I say it, but I don't mean it as a derogatory thing. It just happened in the damn bubble because everybody was there. So it's not like they had any kind of special circumstances. I'm never going to give them some kind of uh, denigration because they didn't do it in a regular. Who cares? Everybody was there. Whoever played, participated, had the same uh, uh, um same, same, I'm losing my words here. Had the same advantages and disadvantages as the other guys, right? Nobody was home. Then you talk about uh, performers. I, the, my favorite meme uh, from the time is everybody saw TJ Warren playing like Prime Mike and didn't think it was anything special about the bubble. That's a funny one. That's funny. That's just funny because TJ was. Anyway, um, yeah, I, hats off to the Bucks. Great story. Love it. Love the, the, the grassroots. Build it up. Do it the quote unquote right way, which it's, it's, that's a fallacy in and of itself. But that's an uh, argument for another day altogether for the next show. We'll, t- we'll do that on the next stream. Um, I am, though, impressed by the fact that Giannis and company didn't fold. Those first two games looked like it was about to be a wrap. A man's knee was messed up from the previous series. Um, and then he just got better and better and, and wore down Phoenix. To, they came in as a hot team. They looked like they were world beaters. Chris Paul's hurt hands, which I had been, you know, suggesting for quite a while leading up to that, to the, the final, um, the, the elimination game. Something was off with them. Like, I, I know he's had moments in the past where he's had, you know, sloppy turnovers and stuff like that. He hasn't performed well in the playoffs, but this to me just seems so blatantly obvious that something was wrong with his hand. Like, the, the turnovers he was committing were, they weren't lazy. And you could see what he was trying to do, but it just wasn't happening. And the disconnect between what he was attempting to make happen and what his body was doing just seemed so off that there was just no way that was just naturally Chris Paul's uh, curse in the playoffs. Now, maybe you could say that the injury in its, of itself is the curse in the, in, the, in the playoffs, but I think more or less he showed that he gutted through. He played well even despite the hand at times, but he couldn't do it consistently. I do wonder if they're going to be able to get back to this point. They... Did catch some breaks, just like the the the, the Bucks did. Um, but they're the way that they lost, the getting beat on the boards, the the uh, they didn't lose because they weren't shooting. They shot better than Milwaukee. It wasn't shooting; it was defense and the inability to stop them inside. When Milwaukee got cooking down low, man, it was a wrap for everybody. So, I mean, Phoenix wasn't the only one. Uh, but I do wonder if they're gonna be able to get back. They just signed Chris Paul to that monster contract. Uh, think that he that he when he was president of the Players Association worked out that he could still get at his advanced age in NBA years. Uh, kudos for that, my friend. That's foresight. That is foresight. Okay, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't know what foresight is, they should put a picture of Chris Paul's face in the in the dictionary next to the, the word foresight because that's how you do it. You know what? I'm gonna be 36 one day. Or however old he, I'm gonna need that contract. I'm gonna need the, I need them ducats. He made sure he get them ducats. I, I, I love that. That's great. 
That's and then and then once he signed that new contract, I'm not running for a third time term as president. Of- <laughs> that's some that's foresight. Okay, he stayed with it until he got what he needed. Love it. Love to see it. Um, so lucky hats off to both teams. Really, really uh, not proud. Nah. Happy for Giannis, though. Happy for you. And my boy, Thanasis. Listen, I was telling somebody the other day, Thanasis might be my favorite in the bench player ever, ever. First of all, he's a terrific brother, at least by appearances. I, I, he's the most supportive person on this on the bench when Giannis does something good or bad. He's always right there. Um, he's the greatest hype man. I'm talking about routine plays. He's up smiling and give you that slide look. You know, my man is he's great. And then the clip that they, they I saw a clip on social media the other day of somebody yelling out something to Giannis in the tunnel in Greek. And before the dude could finish what he was saying, the Nassus was in the shot in his face, like come say it like a man. The Nassus and Ted Kumpo is my favorite player. Okay, we're gonna we don't we're gonna eliminate the bench players part. We're gonna eliminate any other qualifiers. The Nassus and Ted Kumpo is my favorite player. Period. Some wax. Okay, because I love that. I love all of that. All of it. The supporting. I love it. I love the energy. I love the. My man came in the, in the playoffs and got like five thousand, like <laughs> and like no points. He he's listen. The Nassus is a one of one. Okay. And that's coming from a Bulls fan, so just know. <laughs> a Bulls fan and a Hawks writer. <laughs> that's how you know a man has earned the respect that he's gotten. Really, though, I, I really do uh, uh, like the Nassus and what he brings. Even if it's just a supporting, you know, you want to call it a glorified cheerleader or whatever, I think he's he's really good at it. And I think that the, the support that he shows for his brother is wonderful to see. Period. Uh, moving on. That's enough finals talk. Let's talk about free agency. The uh, Atlanta Hawks, we're going to start right there, right? We're going to start with the home team. Atlanta Hawks went and made a big splash and kept John Collins. Now, why I say we start there, even though it's just really their big splash was retaining their own guy in John Collins, is because we were told leading up to free agency that uh, as many as four teams were going to be pursuing his services. Uh, so much so that the qualifying offer that was laying out, matter of fact, not even the qualifying offer, because they tendered that to him immediately. They had a standing offer, the one he eventually signed, was on the table from the jump. Now, maybe that was part of their agreement. Hey, you know, here's what we're going to offer. This is, where we're, this is where we're at. If you can go out there and find somebody to beat it, go for it. Come back and let us know what happens. Maybe that's what they did and nothing shook. But I think that the other counter reports that were coming out about them, letting teams know that they would match, being so aggressive with putting the offer. And I listen, I don't think many things escape into the media without, you know, a little greasing from the team that wants it to be out there. But we knew about that standing offer pretty quickly in the free agency. That wasn't a secret. So I think that kind of pulled teams back a little bit. But on top of it, he's more valuable to Atlanta than he is to any other team. And by that, I've written about it extensively. He was the first draft pick Travis Schlenk made when he became the general manager of the team. Um, Outside of the lottery and has become a cornerstone of their starting five now. You want to debate what his ceiling truly is? Is he a number two option on the championship team? Probably not. Can he be a three, though? A third option? I think so. I definitely think he could be the third option, especially if he works on, on his interior defense or his, his defense, period. Um, he's a great offense. Where we can do, he can do some of everything. Sometimes he does struggle to create his own shot, but he's a forward, not a guard, whatever. We're getting too deep into the weeds here. The point is, this could have gotten away from them 
before it ever really began. Because I, I, I truly believe that what we saw from them last season was a watered-down version of what we can see, what we will see this season. They were injured damn near all year. They weren't they they're projected starting five this coming season. All those players were on the roster last year. The projected starting five, Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Clint Capella. Not no time on the floor together. No time. None. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. So you have to you have to temper or not temper, I'm sorry, you have to weigh that with the fact that okay, that that group playing together will elevate everybody. Greater than the sum of your parts type of deal. That to me was was a, a no brainer move only because if he if you had to go deeper into his into your pockets for him than you wanted to, that's just a cost of business to keep that culture that you that you've built in in rapid fashion on the right path. I loved it. Um, in the same division, Miami got Kyle Lowry, and a lot of teams, or a lot of, of of outlets, people, whatever, have kind of pushed them ahead of the Hawks, and I thought that was funny, if only because, listen, I love Kyle Lowry. I love P.J. Tucker. They're, they, I love what they bring, uh, similar to Thanasis, but obviously they're, they're more uh, accomplished players. I just don't know if that puts them over the Hawks, though. Again, we're talking about a team that was extremely beat up, a team that was much younger than this team, so less experienced. This team is now healthy. They have gotten a taste of success. They are now deeper. I don't see that. I don't. I don't see that. Um, they've. I've also saw ESPN put the 76ers above the Hawks. And now maybe this is this is power rankings. This weren't even necessarily standings. And I know there's similarities, but they're not. They're not the same thing. And so this was based off of their offseason. I'm like, what the hell did Philly do this offseason to make you think that they won't fall? Especially because. Ben Simmons and them aren't on the best of terms right now. I just don't understand that kind of logic. Now, that being said, ranking the Hawks fourth in the East is not bad, right? That's not a, that's not an awful thing to say. I, I'm not going to act like that. We were one of the final four teams, but they were one of the final two. And I'm not sure that there's many teams that are good. It's Brooklyn. And Milwaukee, who are going to be clearly better, I think, when all healthy. But Brooklyn can't say that they're going to always be healthy. Don't, so that would just leave Milwaukee. I don't, I'm not worried about, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not worried. The Hawks can beat the Knicks. They can beat Philly. Oh, they took Philly seven games. It took seven games. They still won. They still won. Philly had to take them seven games. So it doesn't mean that does, that goes both ways. Um, Miami, they beat Miami in the regular season like nine to three, nine, nine, nine games. It's probably, I think it's like eight to four. Something like that. They, they had a winning record against Miami in the regular season. Uh, I know the playoffs are different. But Miami, for all the defense that they added, they're still going to struggle to score a little bit, in my estimation. Um, especially because they don't have much shooting. They didn't add. PJ's shooting wasn't great in the play, playoffs. And we saw um, it's really just Duncan and Tyler Hero. They got rid of... Um, they got rid of... What's my other guy? Kelly Olenek last year. Um... Kendrick Nunn is in L.A. now. Drogic is up in, in Toronto for the time being. He said he don't want to stay. I don't, I don't, Jimmy's not non-shooter. Kyle can shoot. Kyle can score. But at 36, or how old's Kyle at 33, 34, something like that. Kyle Lowry's up there too. This is not, this, and, and six feet, and has had injury issues of his own. 
something that I wanted to go into about the Bulls too. That that's going to be coming out uh, in a piece for Pippen and Easy this weekend uh, because they are just ragging on the Bulls and Demar Derozan deal. Talk about that in a second though. But this, this right now, I just don't get the hierarchy rankings in the East right now. I just don't. I know it's not all based on what we saw last season, but that's where you start, and then you you progress it from there. And it seems like they just they they don't believe it. That's fine. Um, other free agency moves that I liked. I actually liked what New Orleans did. Ball is better than Devontae Graham, but Graham is a better shooter, better scorer, and won't need the ball in his hands with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson dominating touches more than likely. I also like uh, Jonas Valanciunas over Steven Adams because of the, the his ability to shoot. Um, they're, they're not the most nimble, fleet-footed of guys, but Jonas can step out and defend the perimeter. Not great. Obviously, he's going to get beat more, more times than he doesn't, but he can step out. Steven Adams, you don't even want him to leave the paint. The paint. And for his price tag and what he's bringing you on both sides of the floor, Stephen Adams to me has not been worth it for quite some time. Jonas though is on a similar deal with that shooting ability all day. So I like what I like what New Orleans did, even if I don't think it's going to work in the end because I just don't have enough faith in the rest of the construction of the team. Just don't. But I I, I do like those moves. Um, New York, Evan Fournier now. This would be a nice little pivot point because what I hear from the Evan Fournier deal is New York was all set to go after DeMar DeRozan, which is going to play into my, you know, the Bulls overpaid. Well, DeMar or Evan Fournier's deal is a definite overpaid considering what we saw from him with Boston last season. What we've really seen from him from Orlando, what have you seen from him in Orlando that makes you feel like he's worthy or that he's going to be the piece that can come in and, and help you get over the top? If you're, uh, New York. Now, I granted they they needed some help shooting the ball uh, against the Hawks, but Fournier has shown to to kind of tighten up in the playoffs. That's not the guy that I would want to bank on. They're running the, largely the same group back as well. I, I didn't like that deal. I didn't like that deal, my boy. I also didn't like the Washington Wizards end of the Russell Westbrook trade, my boy Russ and Melo. I got to root for the Lakers now. Like, what the hell? How did that? Mm, we're not trying to do all of that. We're not trying to do all of that. Um, but I like the I like the Lakers end of it. I don't care about what you're going to talk about their age. They know how to handle themselves. LeBron spends more money on his body than anybody. Um, Melo has never been an in shape guy like that. So you know I don't really know. I'm worried about him being out of shape. Uh, and Russ won't stop until somebody takes his batteries out. So we're good on that. They're good on that. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> I hope they get him a ring. That's my boy. Russ has been one of my favorite players since he came into the league, and I would just really hope that he ends up getting himself a ring. Uh, but on the Wizards' end, I'm not sure that that's uh, that I don't. Uh, what what is that? What is that? If your goal is to retain Bradley Beal by surrounding him with pieces to be contenders in the Eastern Conference, this ain't it. I like Spencer Dinwiddie coming off of a, and they, they they got a good deal for him coming off of that knee injury. Uh, but then you put Kyle Kuzma and Montrezl Harrell, two very, I, I guess they're consistent, but they're not supporting role cast members in that regard. At least they haven't been. Harrell, a sixth man, has has struggled in his past two locker rooms on championship contending teams. And Kuzma, I think, actually has potential, but you have to wonder if he can focus enough to get it accomplished because he waffles himself in terms of being locked in and kind of aloof, as it were. I didn't really understand that. And then... I don't want to say I didn't like what the 
uh, Toronto Raptors did with Lowry. But I do feel like they spent more time trying to make sure that they got his in right than what they got right. They got Precious Achua out of it. They got Goran, who doesn't want to be there, whatever. That's, I guess, I guess, for a guy that was going to leave you anyway, I guess. I guess you get what you can. But it feels like, and that's that's the most dangerous word when you're trying to criticize something, because, well, that's just what it feels like to you. But I think that they could have gotten a little bit more. And I'm probably a little bit disappointed that he didn't go to Philly. But that probably was never going to happen. Uh, and one more free agency, I guess, trade, rumor, whatever. Uh, Damian Little respond to a fan saying how much you want to bet that Dame still ends up in L.A. this season by saying bet a million. Damn. I guess he doesn't feel like that's going to be a thing going down where he's going to L.A. if he does get moved. I don't think he's going to get moved, uh, and I don't think he thinks he's going to get moved, but apparently he doesn't have L.A. on his short list. Go figure. On to the draft, though. And I'm tying this back into the Bulls and the Hawks in a second. That's why I, haven't, I, I, I stumbled there wanting to bring them up now, but I'm going to hold off on it. The top of the draft was so chalky. Up until pick four, when Toronto went outside of their body instead of taking Jalen Suggs, which honestly would have been an awkward fit with Fred Van Vliet there he paid um, and went with Scotty Barnes. I like Scotty Barnes, but I feel like they would, again, there it is. Uh, I, 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 if he is the Patrick Williams type of guy, because that's the same slot that Patrick Williams was taking at and, and somewhat of a surprise last season, then it'll pay off for them because all of the potential that he's going to ooze throughout the rest of this season. But if if it's not up to that level, and from what I've seen so far, Barnes' offense is a little bit more advanced than Pat's is right now. This is his, his aggression. But if it's not, they're going to regret passing up on Suggs. So I think has the, uh, the potential to be a special player in this league if he can stay healthy. He's already dealing with a thumb spraying, but that's minor. Beyond that, though, I'm going to bring it back to the Bulls and the Hawks because the rest of it didn't really do much for me. Um, I do like the Grizzlies pick and I do uh, of uh Williams and I do like uh New Orleans draft pick or what no New Orleans had Williams and Murphy went to I always get them confused. Either way it goes. I like <laughs> I like New Orleans and Memphis' drafts. I like Murphy and I like Zion Williams. Z- uh Zaire Williams. Good grief. Easy for me to say. Uh but for the NBA to allow sure um uh, Jalen Johnson to fall to the Atlanta Hawks with pick 20 is an absolute crime against their fan bases. And I thank them for it. I simply want to say, I appreciate you. Don't ever change. Don't ever change because the fact that the Hawks were able to get not only Johnson at 20, but somehow that had to be like some kind of a chain reaction that pushed everybody back. Cause then Sharif Cooper fell down at 48. He was supposed to be in the first round. Right? Johnson was only seven picks out of the lottery. Uh, six picks out of the lottery. That's not far. That's not that's a slide, but we he dropped with the school with the way his career Duke ended, that's not a surprise. Cooper falling to 48th, though. I don't care if you're worried about his size or his, and, and his ability to shoot the three. He was a good free throw shooter, which we which some believe is a better indicator than actual three-point shooting in college in the NBA, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The who can hoop. And so far in summer league, in summer league. Make sure that we make that clear. That's what we've seen from them. Johnson has done everything on the floor from uh, being a great rebounder. I mean, a great rebounder to 
passing, uh, his activity on defense. He's always in the right spot to catch the oop from his from Cooper, who has been honestly. I made this. I've made this. this comparison in a conversation with somebody. He reminds me of Trey Young, but in an inside out version. Uh, whereas Trey will get to the cup, but he's probably going to kill you with the shooting. Cooper, at least so far in the summer, has been getting to the cup and might pull up for the three. He might shoot, even though it's not right. So they're they're different enough that if they could figure out either either one of them has to figure out how to play passing lanes really well, or you got to have three defensive walls behind them. But I would love to see how they create together. That would just be something insane to watch them play on and off. Now, I don't know how well they would both play off the ball, you know, for extended stretches, but their creating ability and, the, like I said, they're both lightning fast, but they, they, they're they tr- using it to different uh, ends. And that, to me, is fascinating. It has been fascinating to watch this this summer. Um, The Bulls landed Ayo Sunmo with the uh, 38th pick. And... That to me was another one that was surprised. Now he was he was projected anywhere from late first to the second round, so that's not surprising or not surprised in of its uh, as it is. But the Bulls seemed like that might have been more of a PR move, considering the moves that they've made since then. Now he was given a guaranteed contract, um, which maybe that means he ends up on the big roster at some point sooner than we than we all thought. But it just felt like they were. I like the kid, so I'm just leave it alone. I'm not even gonna look a gift horse in the mouth. It, it seemed like a luxury pick for a team that had a lot of needs, but I like what he brings to the table. And if he can develop the way people hoped that he could before the draft process began, then the Bulls have gotten themselves a steal. Right now, I'm saying Jalen Johnson's the steal of the draft. He himself came out in the Athletic, and I'll be writing about that soon too, um, saying that he's the best player in the draft. Uh, but and people have been talking about Shreve Cooper as being the steal of the draft, but I like. Ao for the Bulls, defensive big guard, play the wing. Um, again, tough, hard nosed hometown kid. You need all that, so I like that. I like what both of those teams did in the draft. Uh, a team that I don't understand, and and it's not for the player. I love the player, but I just don't get the method. Is Sacramento? Davion Mitchell is a tremendous player. He's been a tremendous player so far in the summer league, but with De'Aaron Fox. And Tyrese Halliburton already in the fold. You're going to add another ball handler to this group. Now, is it because you're going to start De'Aaron and Tyrese together? And so you need a, a backup. But then, the, listen, Davion is not a backup. He's not. He's going to start. He's got, he needs to, he, he, listen, <laughs> they, he, they call him off night. He's, it's, I just don't understand this. This is why I say some teams are just destined to be, uh, glorified farm systems because there's no there's no method to the madness there. They're, they're just they're just putting people together. So uh, I wasn't really a fan of that draft pick for the Kings. I like the pick, don't like it for the Kings. Um, and now I'm just been watching summer league, just just getting ready for the NBA season or for the preseason because we still got some ways to go. And I've been impressed by Cooper and, and Johnson. Um, Cade Cunningham is coming along nicely. Jonathan Kaminga has just been, it's just a highlight. It's its a highlight every game. He does something every game. I've also been impressed by James Booknight of the Charlotte Hornets and 
Uh, oh my goodness, I just lost him. Who was the other rookie that I just saw? Just watching the night, and he was playing spectacular. He's been great. Oh, uh, Quentin Grimes of New York. He made a one-handed pass in midair across his body to a dude cutting down the lane that was so sick. I tweeted about it again. Follow me on Twitter at Joshy Buck. Um, great pass. So I'm 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 looking forward to the season. Um, glad to catch up on the NBA season. Glad to be back again, man. I, it's been way too long. I missed so much. I can't even get into into depth in depth with everything like I really want to because I got so much to still cover. Um, but I just had to catch up there with the NBA. I do like the uh, Bulls offseason, and and you're going to have to read the article that comes on Pippen Easy before I get into that too, too much. But just know, I disagree with the fit because you're going to play with the Vucevic at the top, and you got Levine and DeMar cutting around him. Um, if you don't, you got DeMar, who's a non-shooter, uh, holding the ball, then you still got Vuce who can shoot, Zach can shoot, um, Kobe, Caruso, Pat can shoot. Like, you've got shooters around him. Zoe can catch and shoot. So... They're they're doing much ado about nothing. Financially, the salary cap is supposed to go up in a few years. That number is not going to look the same as it does now then when it matters again. Because it's not going to matter for another year or so. So, let it be. And you you likely secured the services of Zach Levine um, possibly at a better rate. I doubt it, though. He's probably going to get that max and max, max. Uh, but you're, you, you definitely helped your chances to... to re-up him as we heard from everybody talking today how long they spoke of him and his work ethic in the city and all this that and the third they're on the right path and a lot of people are just mad that they did it and not i think so i used to rag on the bulls for being a small a major market team operating like a mom and pop organization and i i'm starting to feel like a lot of people want them to be that which is why this movie's getting panned anybody else they would be like oh my goodness he you have people well-esteemed writers well, very accomplished, very intelligent people talking about how he was overpaid and comparing him to scrub players and, and cutting his value in half all to make it seem worse than it actually is. And again, I just I just wonder why. Just why? Let the Bulls be great. Well, they've been, they're not winning a championship. I don't think anybody has delusions of grandeur in that regard. But they can be they're going to be a playoff team and they're going to be a hell of an interesting watch. You're going to watch just to hate watch it, sir. Or madam, it's I I don't I just don't understand how you could trash a team. You realize that the Bulls are the only team now that that will have had will have three players who were twenty whatever. I just don't understand it. That's all. And I'm gonna get that's why I have to save it. We'll get into it in the article. Be on the lookout for that. Pimpinazy.com. Um, they're all wrong. They got they're they're all wrong about the the Marta Rosen deal. All of them, everybody. Switching gears. <laughs> been indulging in some preseason football action. Let me tell you how much of a sports junkie I am. I have been loving summer league basketball, and I'm I'm sitting here currently during this recording watching the Cardinals and the Cowboys play preseason football. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I don't care. This is week one, so I'm not, there's nothing to take away from this one. There are some injury notes. Number one, Dak Prescott and that shoulder, that MRI that they start off with saying, nothing to worry about, nothing to be, you know, no concerns, there's no further injury, just precautionary extra MRI. Dak says he's going to do another one when he gets back home. Like, that's a lot, much to do about nothing, right? If there's really nothing there, I don't, I, that, that framework could have used a lot of work. Putting it in the 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 lens of nothing to see, there's not a problem, makes me immediately go to, oh, damn, there's a problem, huh? Something's wrong. Hmm. Okay. 
Okay. And now the talking heads have picked up on that and they're starting to run with it. So who knows? But if I'm a Cowboys fan, after inking him to that big deal, coming off of that ankle injury, this is a concern. This is a concern. And my Bears aren't without their, their concern in a similar fashion. But for now, we're talking about that. We're going to talk about that. Okay? Uh, from one quarterback to another in Texas. Deshaun Watson blew up at reporters asking them why do they keep ta- uh, filming him every day. And I just want to nominate Deshaun Watson for the, you know, the least self-aware person of the year award because damn dude, for real. Why? I, listen, the, the cameras are damn near on you for your own protection, sir. We got to look, I, look, I get it. It's frustrating, but you, you didn't, you did not put yourself in these situations. So, I mean, your sympathy falls short right there. Um, other quarterback news staying in the AFC South. Now Jacksonville, Head coach, Urban Meyer, still has not named a starting quarterback. He is still saying he's deciding between Gardner Minshew and first overall pick Trevor Lawrence. Listen, I like Gardner Minshew's personality. Um, I like the campiness, right? He was a good good uh, story. Had a little insanity thing going on where he was just a hype because he was he was doing stuff against some people for a week or so. You drafted Trevor Lawrence first overall. If you don't get out of here with this fake trying to make it happen. I, you know what's funny about Urban Meyer and, and the Jaguars? They've had like something every step of the way. Remember he had the coach that he had to fire because he had the, the crazy background. They brought in Tim Tebow for distraction purposes. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. Um, and like now this. like It's just oh, it's something. It's constantly something where you're just like, damn, Urban, can't y'all just go practice? Y'all can't just have a regular day? Damn. They just can't. Ah, it's so I, I'm not I, I don't why why are we playing? Why are we playing? If if Trevor Lawrence isn't on the field starting week one, you know, sand but say for an injury reason, and people start calling him a bust, I'm not even gonna say nothing. Because damn, fam, we can't get you out here in the first one, week one. Gardner, listen, it shouldn't be I'm surprised Gardner's still on the team. To be honest with you, usually when you bring in the first pick, you like to just go ahead and clean it. We're going to just clean them all out. Start a whole new quarterback room because dude is going to have some some resentment. There's going to be some level of resentment there. There just is. I just don't. Ah, ah We haven't decided yet who's going to be the, uh, the starting quarterback for our. We have the number one overall pick. And then we have this guy who uh, who wears a porn stash and jorts. Yeah, not, not, I don't know. Whatever. Um, focusing. On my bears, though, before we get out of here, just like I said, it's a quick touch up, man. I had to get back in touch with, with people and and uh, just get back into the seat because it's been way too long. Glad to be back and looking forward to continuing getting back to the streams, getting back to getting some great guests on and talking to you about some of the, the hottest issues in sports. Uh, my bears said to take on the Miami Dolphins on Saturday and 11th overall pick Justin Fields has been all the rage of training camp impressing even the other team Miami Dolphins reporters are talking about he was the best player on the field not even Bears supporters they said it too but it's good to hear from the other guys ain't no way in hell Justin Fields would start for my Bears if I was running things in week one and it's not because I'm not I just know he can't do it it's because the pieces around him aren't ready yet and it's the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Allen Robinson with a hamstring. That sucks. He can throw the ball to somebody running, right? Like, I'm not saying that Allen Robinson's not 
is, is that replaceable. What I'm saying is the important injuries are along that offensive line. Both starting tackles have been down. His left tackle hasn't, hasn't practiced. Their second-round pick, Tevin James, that we're all excited about, they got a steal. Damn. Oh, they're going to move on the left side. It's still a steal. He can play left, too. Well, he's dealing with the back injury, and apparently he's had back injuries going back to college. Concussion, too. Concussions, too, rather, in college. So that's why he slid. We'll see if it all works out, but damn, I don't want to get Gabe Karimi's situation. Mark Colombo, where we just never get to see that offensive lineman. Now, I think Karimi was a dude who just wasn't built for it, uh, but I don't want to see that. That's Come on now. Come on now. I want to see how these guys perform. Can you block? Week one is Aaron Donald and the Rams. Do you really want to throw him out there to that? No, you could say, oh, well, a good quarterback and mobile like that can uh, mask some of the deficiencies of, of the offensive line. Not when three-fifths of it are down. Right? We're still, I, I, I believe James Anza is still out. Um, they're using Elijah Wilkinson as the left tackle. Uh, uh, they got a, a seventh round pick at right. Like, come on, man. We got to stop this. Alex Bars went down. So they're down two guards, two right guards. Something's got to give and it won't be, it wouldn't be fields if I was running it just wouldn't be. Just, I, I just, I don't understand where these calls are coming from. Elsewhere around the league, other teams that I'm looking forward to seeing, I am looking forward to seeing the Rams. The Colts, too, because, hey, look, Carson Wentz, Bears dodged a bullet there, huh? All those rumors, the Bears are the team that's going to be interested. They're going to be the team. Glad that didn't happen. Now, he's supposedly going to be back in time for the season, much sooner than they, thought, they initially thought, but is this the last time they're going to have to deal with something like this? It could happen to anybody. But it's happened to him a lot. The Cardinals, I want to see them take a step. I had been betting on Kyler Murray to be the MVP last year. Didn't happen. It, it didn't come close. Didn't come close. I'm not going to do that this year. We'll, we'll do an awards prediction show uh, right before the season when we see all these injuries play out and stuff like that. But um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what can Tampa Bay repeat? How is how is Kansas City going to bounce back? Baltimore, I was looking forward to them, but they just lost Rashad Bateman until September that's going to set them back some. I want to see what Buffalo does now that nobody's going to be surprised by them. There's a lot. It's a lot to look forward to this season. And it kicks off. Again, this is week one. There's not really much I'm looking into or for because it's very vanilla. Now, there are more guys playing because it's just three preseason games. Um, you had starters for the Buffalo Bills playing well into, I believe, the first quarter. Maybe they went to the second, but they definitely played into the first, first quarter much deeper than they have in any previous first preseason game that I've ever seen. So... Uh, there, there's, you can watch for the rookies to impress. Um, but I'm, I'm ready for the season. I'm ready for the, I'm ready for the NBA season to come back already too. But as you can tell, I've been keeping myself busy. That's going to do it for this episode of triple zeros. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh e. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports website, clockersports.com. Email address, clockersports at gmail.com. And of course, follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at three zeros pods, number three zeros pod on Facebook and Twitter. And of course, Read the stuff. Last run on pro football. Pippin ain't easy. Soaring down south. And we're getting back to this too. Clockersports.com. Until the very next time. Bye.